0: And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your
1: host, Carl Lamar. Who's that
2: strange looking man, don't you? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry, man. Sam,
1: sweetheart.
2: I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger.
1: This is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits.
2: Want to hear the
3: most annoying sound in the world? Guys! Guys! Guys!
4: Fellas, did we could listen to the radio or something?
5: Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, it's the conclusion to Duffy's Tavern starring Ed Archie Gardner from 1951. Then we'll open the creaking door to the inner sanctum and a great mystery thriller from 1949. And by my side is someone who is a mystery, and she's very thrilling. Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Glad- to be by your side, yeah <laughs> actually you 're really not by my side, not you're kind that of kitty corner. I like uh, to keep my distance. In the studio yeah, here. Uh, personal space. Mike's over to my left and Lisa's to my right. Too bad this isn't a television show. They can see how handsome Mike is and how handsome I yeah, am. That's too bad. And how beautiful you are, Lisa. Yeah, it's, Especially it's a shame. with those dimples. Look yeah. at those things. They're getting bigger and bigger each week. All right. Last time, we began listening to a good comedy on Duffy's Tavern. Let's go back to February second, 1951. Archie... Gets a visit from the draft board. Here's the conclusion of Duffy's Tavern.
3: Waiter. Oh, sorry, Miss Marianne. I am very busy. I am having a little trouble with the free lunch. What's the trouble with the free lunch? It is attacking the customers.
6: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and where's Archie?
3: Archie? You mean Junior. <laughs> He's in the back room trying on his half-along Cassidy dude. <laughs>
2: You know, I'm a little concerned about Archie yes? I've just been back to the draft board And I couldn't find his name on our list of 24-year-olds
3: Not at the draft board, eh? No Try checking Social Security <laughs> Well, Marianne Yes, I told you she'd come back The name really goes for me Yes, and if you don't watch your pieces and cues, She is going to get you <laughs>
7: Archie, I'd like to ask you a few questions.
3: Okay, Marianne, I ain't got nothing to hide.
7: Now, you say you're 24 years old. Yep. Yeah. I see. And where were you born?
3: Right here in the good old USA, yeah, which at that time was known as the 13 colonies. <laughs> yes.
7: Age, birthplace. Tell me, are you married? Are you kidding
3: Breeze the breeze and do as I please. (laughs) (laughs) Yasha, will you stop butting in here? Let's
7: test this. 24, U.S. citizens, unmarried, Archie.
2: I think you're just the man I'm looking for.
3: Yasha, I'm in. (laughs) You are not kidding. Go ahead, Marianne, ask me some more questions I don't blame you for trying to find out if we're mutually compatible
2: Well, how's your health?
3: Sound as a nut
2: And how do you feel about hiking?
3: Hiking? Oh, I love it (laughs) (laughs) Nothing I'd rather do than get up at the crack of dawn And go out for one of them real long walks, you know I got terrific lung power Oh, yes,
6: very (laughs) long-winded
3: Thank you,
7: Yasha Well, you do look fit Now, what are your shoulder measurements? 27?
3: Make it 52
6: <laughs>
7: And what about
3: vision? 20-20? 40-40 <laughs> Yep, Marianne, I'm a perfect specimen of youthhood And, uh, someday in the future When a when syllabus is all alone
2: Alone? Archie, remember There'll be others Oh, ain't that sweet <laughs>
3: She's talking about the little ones Uh, Honey uh, About these others uh, How many was you figuring on?
2: Oh, about a thousand a month
6: Look,
3: Marianne Don't take them shoulder measurements of mine too serious Any more questions? No.
7: I have all the information I need. Goodbye, Archie. Uh,
3: wait a minute. Can I expect to hear from you real soon?
6: Oh, yes. Real soon.
7: Say, <laughs> hey, Archie, this letter just came for you.
3: Yeah, let's see it. Hmm. It says, greetings. Greetings. <laughs> What a funny way to start a letter.
7: It'll get funnier as you go along.
6: Let's see.
3: You have been selected by a committee of your neighbors. Holy cat, a draft notice. The stuff in the army must have got the wrong man. If
7: they got you, they have. But where did they
3: get me named?
7: How about Mary Ann?
3: What? My little dove A stool pigeon
7: <laughs> That
3: innocent little cherub With them long curls And cute little dimples Yes, but take away Those curls and dimples And what have you got left? What? General Hokey himself
6: <laughs> Archie I have been
3: trying to tell you Mary Ann works At the draft board The draft board? That traitor In civilian clothing That matzah harry And <laughs> if <laughs> After such a beautiful courtship
7: That was no courtship That was your pre-induction examination They they can't
3: do this to me What does the army want With an old duffer like me?
7: But you just said you were 24
3: I know, but but a letter like this Ages a guy I ain't gonna take this laying down I'm gonna get a character witness To swear that I'm a liar Wait a minute
6: I'll call me old
3: family baby, Doctor. Yeah, he's probably got me birth record in his files Hello? Is this Doctor Watson? The obstinatrician?
6: <laughs> yeah, huh?
3: Well, uh, this is Archie, uh, former baby. <laughs>
6: huh? Well,
3: you remember me, Doctor? <laughs> no hair, one tooth, and a blue ribbon? You don't, huh? <laughs> well, it was quite a while ago. Huh? Don't you remember holding up a tiny infant and <laughs> slapping life into it? Huh? One face is the same as another.
6: <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, forget about it. <clears> That's uh, whack. Hey, Arch, I was just thinking about you being born. What about it? Maybe you wasn't. What do you mean, maybe I was never born? Maybe you was adopted Finnegan, even if I was adopted, I'd... i still have to have a father and mother to be born Well, you're more familiar with the technicalities than I am Finnegan, this is no time for idioticities Oh, stop worrying Maybe somebody's just playing a joke on you Right, Yasha? Could be But this is the first time I ever heard of the army Having a joke file well, they got me with me pins down, so There's only one honorable thing to do What's that? Tear up the draft notice <laughs> That's showing them all Let's see the army get around that one.
7: Oh, Archie Yes, Miss Duffy Another draft notice came for you
3: Tear it up.
7: Archie, another draft notice. Burn it. Archie, here's another draft notice. Throw it out the window. I can't. Why? There's a recruiting sergeant on the other end. <laughs>
6: That's
3: right. I'm from the draft board. I'm looking for a man named Archie.
7: He's over there. Where? Where? Under that table. Oh, hey you.
3: Why didn't you report to the draft board?
7: What's that, son?
3: Well, <laughs> after speak up a little, I'm old and deep in the ears. Didn't you get a notice to join the army? What? Join up again? <laughs> son, I served my country back in sixty <laughs> two. The Civil War, yes, sir, by cracky. Seems like only yesterday I was in there fighting for the blue and the gray. The blue and the gray—they were fighting each other. No wonder I was getting shot at from both sides. <laughs> So you served in the Civil War, huh? Yes, sir. Ever hear of, uh, (laughs) Hippopotamax? I was there with General Sherman. (laughs) Never forget the day Sherman said them immortal words, War is... Yeah, war is... Just then some darn fool shot off a cannon never did hear that last word.
6: (laughs) Yes, sir, son,
3: done a heap of fighting, with day never forget that famous ride, me and Paul Revere
6: <laughs>
3: Gallopin' from door to door, hollering, Tom, Tom, the Red Caps is a-comin' You rode with Paul Revere? Care to see me saddle
6: burn, son? Well, <laughs>
3: you can't draft me, you four wars too late <laughs> Besides, I ain't even single You married? Yep, dead blessed, the luck, I am I tell you, son, before you be going, I'd like you to meet the kinfolk. Oh, more.
7: What is it, Pa?
3: <laughs> oh, We've got company. Uh, soldier boy, this is more.
7: Likewise, I'm sure. <laughs> this is
3: your wife? Yes, never was much of a picker.
6: <clears throat>
7: <laughs> How
3: do you do, ma'am?
7: Say, soldier boy. Yes? You know, you're cute enough to be in the Navy. Oh, remember your age.
3: Say yours. Well, 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 if ain't little son Who? <laughs> oh,
6: uh,
3: oh, I get it. Hello, Pop. Uh, howdy, son. Well, well, what? Uh, ain't you gonna kiss me?
6: <laughs>
3: Rather go in the army. <laughs> And this is your son? Uh, yes, as you see, uh, soldier boy, ours was a childless marriage. <laughs> uh, say, son, uh, how old is your father? Uh, uh, 75. And uh, how about you? You look like you might be a draft age. How old are you?
6: Sewing uh, on 86. <laughs>
3: Your father's 75 and you're 86. How is this possible? Well, uh, who are we to question Mother Nature? <laughs>
6: see,
2: Sergeant,
3: I'm too old a fuddy-duddy to go in the Army.
2: Well, Sergeant, I see you found him.
3: Marianne, what is this?
2: Archie, I knew you were lying about
7: your age, and I wanted to teach you a lesson.
3: Oh. Well, a blamey lesson. Now, uh... Leave me mean you new one, honey. How about a date tonight?
7: Sorry, Archie. I'm going out with the sergeant here.
3: Well, how about tomorrow night?
7: I'm going out with a corporal.
3: How about the next night?
7: A private.
3: Honey, where's your patriotism?
7: Patriotism? Ain't uh, got no time at
3: all for a Civil War veteran. <laughs> Listen again next week, friends, to Duffy's Tavern, the Friday night transcribed feature on NBC's All-Star Festival of comedy, music, mystery, and drama. Brought to you by R.C.A. Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, first in television. And by the makers of Anacin, for fast relief from pain of headache, neuritis, neuralgia. Listen tomorrow evening for The Man Called X, starring Herbert Marshall. Saturday night feature of the All-Star Festival.
5: That's Duffy's Tavern from February 2nd, 1951. Ed Archie Gardner gets a visit from the draft board, a funny show as heard on NBC. Let's take a break, then it's Inner Sanctum Mystery. You won't want to miss it. Stay tuned.
1: More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back
5: to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360. Check out our website at Hollywood360radio.com. All kinds of fun stuff there. Hollywood360radio.com. And we have a Facebook page too, right, Lisa? We sure do. Um, Hollywood 360 Radio. And if you want to know what the schedule is early in the week, you can check out Our Facebook page and make sure to like us while you're there. Yeah, you just go to Facebook and search Hollywood 360. Is that how it works? Or Hollywood 360 Radio. There you go. Yeah. Is that what it is? (laughs) That's what it is. Hollywood 360 Radio. Good guess though. I'm not signed up to Facebook so. No, I I know. eh. (laughs) Thankfully Lisa and Mike are really good at all that social media stuff Mm -hmm. because can you imagine if I was in charge of the social media? There would be none. There would That's absolutely <laughs> be none. I find it funny that you developed an app and have no apps on your phone at all. None. Zero. I have yeah. no apps on my phone. In fact, the phone, whatever apps were loaded onto the phone when I got it are the only apps on the phone. So I've never I, downloaded an app I my I download it so he can check it and make sure it's working. Yeah, but I honestly don't. I have never downloaded an app. Onto my oh, I know iPhone. I believe you. <laughs> I don't even know what my Apple ID is. You have to because in order to update your phone, don't. you have to have I it. I do not. Know. Did you update your phone? I give it to people like Mike and say, "Here's my phone. Please update." Do you know it. his Apple ID? I um, probably, I'd, have, it I'd down probably have it somewhere. Oh, right. yeah, I don't well, know what go. it is, though. Right. So there so you have to depend so on there. Others. So there you go. Great. All right, it's time for Inner Sanctum. Let's go back to July 4th, 1949. This is called The Pattern for Fear. It stars Paul McGrath, part one of Inner Sanctum Mystery.
0: Good evening, friends. This is your host to welcome you through the creaking door into the Inner Sanctum. Come in and let me introduce some new guests. Now first, here's Merwin, the mathematical murderer. Merwin says that the shortest distance between two ears is a straight cut across the throat. (laughs) This geometric goon divided three victims with his knife, but to me it... Just doesn't add up. <laughs> now meet Edgar, the electrical killer. At school, this character was voted the most likely to shock him dead. Edgar's wife was a dull dame, so he plugged her into a wall socket. Now you should see the way she sparkles.
6: Yes, sir.
0: Now she's the light of the party. <laughs> Tonight's inner sanctum mystery, The Unburied Dead, was written by Ed Adamson and Bob Sloan and stars Miss Leslie Woods in the role of Claire with Everett Sloan as Max. Say, folks,
6: if you hear a blood-curdling
0: scream, it's just our pet vampire, Oscar, howling outside. But don't worry, you may be lucky this evening because some nights, Oscar just doesn't give a hoot. (laughs) Well... Now I'll take my spade and uncover tonight's terrible treasure. (laughs) A short distance from the railroad tracks, the man and the woman stand in the rain, looking down into the grave. The woman searches her mind, diving deep into the past for the strange, unremembered events.
2: If I could only remember, if I could only go back beyond that day on the ship, then I would know who I am who I really am. He stands here next to me and says I buried a man in that grave. A man I murdered. That day on the ship, that's the day I woke up and found myself in this nightmare. That day on the ship. I was on the promenade deck resting in a steamer chair. I must have fallen asleep, and when I woke up, I had an odd, dizzy feeling. I started to get up out of my chair, and then I heard her voice for the first time. May I help you, dear? Uh, what? May I help? I've been watching. You seem to be ill. Oh, well, I was feeling a little under the weather, but I'm all right now. Are you sure? Uh, yes, yes, thank you. I'll, I'll just have my... Well, well what's the trouble? Uh... Oh, my husband, he's, he's gone. Now, he, you he was... mustn't excite yourself. Well, he was sitting right here next to me where you are now. You're mistaken. Oh, no, there I'm There wasn't any man sitting next to you. I've been in this chair since this morning. Well, you know, that's just not true. Ralph was here. Look, you're ill. I'd better take you to the ship's doctor. No, please. But you're not well. I know what I'm saying. My husband was sitting in that chair, and I've got to find him. Your husband isn't on this boat. That's a lie. He is, too. Now, why would I want to lie to you? Well, I don't know, but you're... You're trying to hide something. He's disappeared, and you're trying to hide it from me. You're just upset. You don't remember. Remember? What are you talking about? You don't remember me, do you? You don't remember that my name is Mrs. Ferris. Ferris? I never saw you before in my life. You don't remember that we met on the pier, that we came aboard the ship together, Mrs. Denson. Denson? My name isn't Denson, you're mistaken. My name is Kramer. Claire Kramer. And excuse me, I've got to find my husband. He isn't on this boat. He is! Mrs. Denson, look at the dress you're wearing. Uh, This isn't my dress. It's black. I never wear black. Don't you remember telling me that your husband is dead?
5: that's the first portion of inner sanctum mystery more after these words Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Now back to Inner Sanctum.
2: My head started to spin, and then I felt a sharp pain as I tumbled into a bottomless pit. When I came to, I was lying in a bed in a room that was all white. And next to the bed, there was a table with surgical instruments on it.
1: All right, here, drink this. Who are you? I'm the ship's physician, Dr. Ferris.
2: Ferris? Her name was Ferris.
1: My wife. She brought you here. You had an accident. An accident? Yes, you fainted up on deck. You're in it too, you and your wife. Let me out of here. No, first you must rest. No,
2: no, let me out of here. I've got to find my husband, Ralph.
1: Your husband is dead. You told my wife he died six months ago. No, I didn't. This is a trick. You're trying to... Now, Mrs. Denson.
2: My name isn't Denson. It's Kramer. What are you two trying to do to me? Why don't you let me find my husband?
1: Please take this medicine. It will...
2: Oh, no! Oh, no, I am not going to take it. I'm not.
1: Now, try to understand, Mrs. Denson. I only want to oh, help. I no
2: you don't. You're lying just like your wife did. You're trying to keep me away from Ralph, but he's on the ship someplace. I can prove it. He was with me when we came aboard in New York.
1: It's just your nerves, Mrs. Denson. This boat didn't sail from New York. It left Liverpool five days ago.
2: Liverpool? Five days ago? Oh, no, that isn't true.
1: We dock in New York tomorrow. Here. Here's your passport book. Look at it. Your passport with your name.
2: Well, there. There, that proves it. That picture, that's not me. That's another woman.
1: Here. Look in this mirror. You see?
2: My face. What have you done to me? What happened to my face?
1: Oh, nothing. When you fainted up on deck, you fell and cut your chin I had to put in a few stitches. Oh,
2: no, no. It's my whole face. It's different. You've changed it. You've changed my whole face. I was lost. A woman with a different face. Lost in time and identity. I found out that the ship was to arrive in New York. Well, then where had I been? What had happened to me? And where was my husband, Ralph? The questions hammered against my brain until it ached. The next day, the ship docked in New York. I went straight to my house. I had no key, so I rang the bell. And waited. The door was opened by a large, red-faced woman. A woman I had never seen before. Yes? Who are you? What is it your business? Answer me. Tell me who you are. Wait. I am the housekeeper. Don't lie to me. We never had a housekeeper. Now, look. What are you doing here? Who hired you? Oh, just a moment. It was Dr. Ferris and his wife. They had you come here, didn't they? I don't see why I should answer your questions. Well, you better answer them. If you don't, I'll call the police. The police? That's a good idea. Why don't you call them? I will. But first, you're going to tell me where my husband is. Your husband? Well, you must have the wrong address. Well, this is 29 Pine Street, isn't it? That's right. And Mr. Ralph Kramer lives here. Yes, Mr. Kramer lives here. Oh, no, they'll believe me. Now they'll see that he isn't dead. What are you talking about? Now I can prove it was all the trick to keep me away from him. Look, I don't know who you are. Well, but... I'll tell you who I am. I'm Mrs. Ralph Kramer. What? That's right, Mrs. Kramer. Where's my husband? Maybe you'd better call the police after all. The police can settle a thing like this. Settle? What are you trying to say? Just this. Mr. Kramer is being married Tuesday. What? He's being married Tuesday. Mr. Kramer doesn't have a wife yet. I left the house and walked blindly down the street. She said Ralph was being married Tuesday.
6: She said he didn't have
2: a wife. Well, if he didn't have a wife, then who was I? Who was this person who wore black? This person with a different face? This person with my brain? When I came to the corner of the, the block, a car stopped suddenly in front of me.
4: Hey, lady, you ought to look where you're going.
2: Oh, what?
4: Not the and I would have hit are you all right?
2: Yes, I'm all right.
4: You look kind of funny, like you were sick.
2: I'm all right.
4: Can I give you a lift?
2: Oh Well, uh, I'm going downtown, yes, to the Wentworth building.
4: Well, hop in. I'm going right past it. Thank you. Wentworth building, huh?
2: Yes, my husband's office is there.
4: I see. What were you doing at 29 Pine Street?
2: 29 How did you know I was there?
4: I was watching you. What? Just keeping my eyes open
2: You were following me You purposely tried to run me over Oh, no,
4: no I just wanted to get you in the car You're
2: in with them With Dr. Ferris and his wife
4: Dr. Ferris? Never heard of him.
2: If you don't stop this car And let me out, I'll scream
4: Go ahead, scream your lungs out There's
2: a policeman down At the next corner He'll hear me You
4: don't need the cop on the corner You're talking to one right now What? Plain Clothes Homicide Division Keith is the name
2: Are you a policeman, really?
4: Uh-huh, really
2: well, well, then why were you following me?
4: Following certain people's my business. Your face looked kind of familiar.
2: Oh, then you know me. I think I do. Oh, thank heaven you know who I am. Now I can prove that I live at 29 Pine Street.
4: You live at 29 Pine? Who are you kidding? That's Ralph Kramer's place.
2: Yes, and I'm Claire Kramer. How's that? I'm Ralph Kramer's wife.
4: Try again, lady, and... Uh... This time, no lying. This time, I want to hear the truth.
2: But I am telling the truth. Why don't you believe me?
4: Why? Because I happen to know where Claire Kramer is right now. I'm Claire. I saw her grave just the other day.
2: Her grave?
4: Mm Mm-hmm. She's in the same cemetery as my brother. Claire's been buried there for six years.
2: Keith was too glib. His remarks were too sure as if he'd been hired to say them. They were all in it together, trying to frighten me, trying to keep me away from Ralph. I was almost sure Keith wasn't a detective, but I had to be positive. I had to catch him in a lie. By the time I got out to the cemetery, it was dark. I walked along the deserted path, flashing my light as I passed the gravestones.
4: Hello? I've been waiting here
6: for you
2: I turned my flashlight on his face It was Keith His lips were twisted in a sly smile
4: Is this what you were looking for?
2: I sent the beam of light in the direction he pointed The shock ripped through me like a knife of fire What I saw wasn't believable
4: Well, there it is You satisfied now, lady?
2: It was a tombstone, and the letters carved on it said, Claire Kramer died May 13th, 1943. That
0: uh, Claire Kramer is kind of dumb, isn't she? Doesn't know herself from a corpse in the ground. <laughs> Still a you though, it's rugged to come face to face with your own tombstone. yeah enough to kill you. (laughs) Claire's what you might call a real dead-end doll. And hey, talking about her face, looks like somebody cut up her nose despite her life. You think Claire's been having a tough time, do you? Well, hold on to your coffin handles and see how things can go from bad to hearse.
2: I stayed at the tombstone. Not believing what I saw. The words on it said I was dead. But I died six years ago. I turned to the man who called himself Detective Keith.
4: You satisfied now, lady? It can't
2: be. I'm alive. Can't you see that I'm alive? I'm not buried there. That's someone else in that grave.
4: Come on, you're going with me.
2: Where are you taking me?
4: You'll find out soon enough.
2: But what do you want with me? What have I done?
4: Killed a man, maybe. What? Here. Look at this police circular. Found it in my car a minute after I let you go. But... I knew I saw you someplace before. Now go ahead, look at it.
2: Wanted for murder?
4: Mm-hmm. And the picture there is yours. Or your twin sister's. That's not possible. Come on, let's go.
2: Wait, wait, can't you understand? I'm not this woman in the circular.
4: Pictures don't lie.
2: I'm not her. I may look your like her, but a I'm not. will
4: settle it. We've got her fingerprints on the circular. Oh. All I have to do to check is get yours. Now, let's go.
2: Hey, wait! I wrenched myself loose from his grip. Stop! I started down the path between the graves. Stop, you both! Stop right. I go. kept running! <laughs> One of his bullets burned through my left arm with a terrible tearing pain. In a moment, Keith was standing over me.
4: I wasn't smart. The next shot, I would have killed you. But come on, get up.
2: The flashlight was still in my right hand. When he bent over to pull me up, I pounded oh, it against the side of the
6: Oh, He
2: tumbled sideways to the ground unconscious Then I got up and ran I ran as fast as I could I took the side roads back to town I ran and then I walked I walked and walked Holding my wounded arm with the other Losing blood all the time Then I saw the shingle outside of the house Dr. Bennett by the time I staggered into his office, I wasn't any fainting. But I was lucky the doctor was alone.
4: There you are, Mrs. Kramer. You'll be all right now.
2: Thank you, Dr. Bennett.
4: You still haven't told me how you happened to get that wound.
2: Oh, no, I didn't. Well, I was i was carrying a jar. No, and
4: the... Mrs. Kramer, it wasn't a jar. Uh,
2: but you...
4: The bullet was still lodged in your arm. Who shot you?
2: I don't know his name.
4: I have to report this, you know. You better tell me the truth. I
2: am telling you the truth. Doctor, do you know anything about fingerprints?
4: A little. Why?
2: Well, look. Look at the fingerprints on this circular. Mm
6: -hmm.
2: And now, look at the ones on my hand. Would you say they're the same?
4: Yes, I would. Of course, I'm no expert.
2: Neither am I. But I can see now those are my fingerprints on the circular. The same scar on the right thumb. Somebody's done a perfect job of making me look like a murderer.
4: Mrs. Kramer, I'm afraid I must report this to the police and let
0: it go at that.
2: I couldn't let him do it. He had his back to me. I lifted the paperweight from his desk. Just as I raised my hand, he turned. Mrs. Kramer, don't!
6: I stopped! Oh,
2: He dropped to the floor and I bent over him. As I listened to his uneven breathing, a roaring thought drove through my mind. Kill him, the thought thundered. You are a murderer. Kill him, kill him. I brought the paperweight up and I struck him again.
6: And he was dead.
2: Now I really was what they made me. A murderer. I had to hide. I couldn't go to see my husband, Ralph, until I was sure I'd be safe. I went to a town across the state line, and I hired a room in a cheap hotel. For three days, I only left the room to eat. It was on the fourth day that it happened. I had just come back from dinner and closed the door behind
6: me. Hello?
2: As he got up from the chair and came toward me, I reached for the gun in my purse.
1: You don't need that gun, Claire. There isn't a cop within a mile of this place. Who are you? Don't you remember little old Max? You know, Claire, I never thought I'd see you again. Then when I read about it in the papers, I knew you'd come to this flea bag to hole up. Why did you do it? I
2: couldn't help myself. He was going to turn me over to the police. Oh,
1: you got me wrong. I'm not talking about the doctor. I mean Steve. Steve? Hey, what's the matter with you? You act like you're off your rocker. I don't blame you for knocking off Steve. That louse had it coming.
2: Steve?
1: Yeah, he had it coming to him good. He... Hey, what are you looking at me that way for? I'm
2: I'm just trying to think.
1: Why well, you should have done some thinking before you buried Steve's body where you did. They found it two days later.
2: I've
1: got to get out of here. Don't be a chump. You'll get nabbed. I've got to
2: take that chance. Have you got a car?
1: Yeah, sure, I got a car. But you take advice from little if old If you're guys.
2: my friend, really my friend, you'll help me.
1: Well, I was always on your team, Claire. Name it. Where do you want to go? Back
2: to Mason City. I've got to see my husband. We drove back across the state line to Mason City, to my house on Pine Street. Max waited in the car. The house was dark, except for a light in the study. I stood on the terrace outside the French doors, and Ralph was sitting in the room alone, reading a book. I opened the doors quietly. I tried not to frighten him. Ralph. Ralph.
3: Who? Who's there?
4: So dark here! I can't... It's
2: Claire. I've come back. Claire? I've come back, Ralph.
4: Who are you? What are you doing here? Oh,
2: darling, darling, don't you recognize me?
4: Get out of this house. Get out before I call the police. Ralph, listen
2: to me. I said get out. I've got to make you understand I'm your wife. My
4: wife is dead. Now, either you get out of... Ralph, listen
2: to me. You mustn't believe what they've been telling you. They wanted you to think that I was dead, but believe me, I am your wife. I'm Claire.
4: Claire is dead. I've never seen you before, never in all my life. Claire Kramer died six years ago.
2: Oh, then you're in on it, too. In on
4: it? What are you talking about?
2: Tomorrow is Tuesday, isn't it? The housekeeper told me. That's the day you're being married. That's right. What about it? Now I know. Now I understand. You never did love me. Never really. Now I know who's to blame for all those terrible things I've been through. You! Put that phone down.
4: I never argue with a lady, especially when she has a gun in her hand.
2: It's all so funny, isn't it? You had it all planned, didn't you? You wanted to marry someone else, you wanted me out of the way. Well, then why didn't you have them kill me? It would have been better for me to be dead than to be like this. It would have been wonderful to be really dead.
4: I don't know what's in your mind. What's in my
2: mind? I'll tell you. Thank me Ralph Thank me for being kinder than you were to me Max came into the house when he heard the shots I had him carry the body to the car As we headed out of town A heavy rain started to fall I had no destination in mind But an unseen force seemed to control my hand on the wheel it guided me around one turn after another until at last we came to a deserted stretch along a railroad track. I stopped the car and got out. Then I took the jack handle from the trunk and started to dig up the soft dirt.
1: Hey, Claire, uh, what do you think you're doing?
2: There's no time for questions. Help me, I'm going to bury the body. You're... Are you nuts? We've got to hide his body, Max. What's
1: not here? Don't you remember this place? Don't it look familiar to you?
2: For me Yes, I I think it does But I can't quite remember
1: Oh, if you don't remember this place You really blew your top
2: you stop talking like that And tell me what's wrong with this place Why can't I bury him here?
1: Because if you remembered You'd know it was the same place You buried Steve If
2: I could only remember If I could only go back Beyond that day on the ship Then I would know who I am Who I really am He stands there next to me And says I buried a man in that grave A man I murdered Oh, if I could only remember Come on,
1: Claire We gotta get out of here Max, you've
2: got to tell me about Steve Why did I kill Steve?
1: You killed Steve just the way you knocked off that other guy tonight Maybe he had it coming to him too That's your business
2: But you didn't tell me why I killed
1: Steve Steve Benson was your husband Oh, Max When was the first time you saw me? The first time? Oh, let's see, uh, five years ago. And I, uh,
2: I looked as I look now.
1: Sure. You told me you just had a plastic done because your face was burned. Only between you and me, little old Max didn't fall for your gag about the burn.
2: Burn, burn That was true. My face was burned.
1: Okay, so it was burned. Burned?
2: Yes, now I remember. The boat was one day out of New York. Ralph and I were up on the deck when the fire broke out. I lost him and then something struck my head. I remember the name of the boat, too, the Tragania.
1: Hey, that's that ship that was sunk away back. Yes. Yes, a way back, Matt. Six years ago. Well, then somebody must have picked you out of the water. The
2: water. There were charred bodies in that water. Charred beyond recognition. They listed me as one of the dead.
1: Oh, I guess you had what they call that amnesia business, huh? That
2: day I woke up from that nap in the deck chair That's the day I stopped being Claire Denson And became Claire Kramer again I was a murderer And I never knew it Ralph thought I was dead He really thought so and I killed him Hey,
1: Claire, the cops, come on We've got to get out of here
2: I've already gotten out, Max I'm dead Dead
1: and buried. Oh, stop talking that crazy talk. Come on, before it's too late. It's
2: already six years
6: too late, Max.
1: Hey, you can't skip the cops by going over the tracks. Come on back, Claire,
6: and get in the car. Claire, you can't make it that way to train. Look out!
0: Oh! the cops finally got Claire on those railroad ties. Dead in her track. <laughs> now she'll have a grave she can call her own You see what happens, though, when you get amnesia You forget the people you leave around dead Oh, by the way, for you forgetful wives There's a moral to tonight's untidy tale It's from the pen of that absent-minded philosopher scatter brain Always remember The quickest way to a man's heart is through his chest with a bullet. (laughs) Inner Sanctum was
4: heard in the United States over CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System, and has been rebroadcast for servicemen and women overseas through the facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and education.
5: And that's Inner Sanctum Mystery from July 4th, 1949, with Pattern for Fear. And that was heard on the CBS radio network. Let's take a break. Then it's more of Hollywood 360 after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next week, we'll celebrate Abraham Lincoln's birthday and Valentine's Day when we present the Cavalcade of America, the Great Gildersleeve, the Mercury Theater on the Air, My Friend Irma, and Suspense. From my team here at Hollywood 360, thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll see you next time.